0: The following program does not offer personal medical advice. Please consult your doctor before using any treatment or product we cover. Welcome to, Go to Health Radio with your host, Jonathan Marks. We provide a welcoming environment where experts educate you on important health topics answer your questions and provide information from which you can benefit in consultation with your doctor. And now, here is Jonathan Marks.
1: Hello everybody. This is Jonathan Marks from Go to Health. Welcome back once again. And today I've got a couple of questions for you and a guy who can answer them. We all know about how nutrients are very important for our body and the functioning of our body, but did you know that The nutrients we take in are so important for our brain that the brain is one of the most active organs in the body and uses more than 50% of the nutrients we take in. So they're really important. I want to introduce to you Alejandro Arias Vasquez, PhD. He's the associate professor in psychiatry at Radboud University Medical College in Nijmegen, the Netherlands. And Alejandro is the coordinator of a large program called Eat to Be Nice, which engages 18 university hospitals across Europe to study what effect nutrition and lifestyle, including exercise, have on the brain. And so Alejandro is here to talk about that with us. Alejandro, welcome to the show. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got involved in this project?
2: Uh, Hi, Jonathan. Thank you for the invite. Yes, of course. It To Be Nice came to be because we wanted a scientist to investigate if we could find nutritional drivers of behavior. Our experience has been to investigate behavioral issues via other types of biological measures like genetics or brain scans or other approaches like behavior questionnaires and this kind of thing. But now we know, for example, that uh, not only the biology explains the onset of behavioral problems, but also that there are environmental factors that largely contribute to this kind of disorders. And one of these environmental factors that is quite important for behavior is nutrition. And nutrition, the effects of nutrition are made basically mediated by our own metabolism, of course, but also via the uh, bacteria that lives in our gut. Uh, this is called the microbiota. And these bacteria play a, a super important role in the processing of important uh, substances that our body cannot produce. So basically, it's, a, it's like a convenience relationship where we call the symbiosis. And um, we give them food and shelter, and in exchange, the rent they pay is via the production of these specific substances that we do not produce. So then we can use those substances to basically make our body work uh, as it should.
1: That's amazing. So really, we're, we're living with the gut bacteria, and they're helping us, and we're helping them. Exactly. Good. So tell us about the breadth of this study, the different countries, the different organizations that are in this project working with you.
2: Well, uh, It'll Be Nice is a European, an EU-funded consortium. We have 18 partners. And as you said uh, at the beginning of the show, we have university medical centers. We also have uh, university research centers. And our, let's say, collective aim is to identify how nutrition can affect variations in behavior. Mm -hmm. And if by modifying our nutritional intake, our nutritional habits, uh, if we can also modify or ameliorate uh, maladaptive behavior, for example. Wow. So it's ambitious idea. And the work is divided among these 18 partners. And we have partners that are working on uh, epidemiological questions. We have partners that are conducting uh, randomized clinical trials that are very important. We have partners that are working on uh, the microbiology aspect of the project. So identification of this gut bacteria. We have partners working on uh, animal models, working with mice. And we have partners uh, also working on dissemination of the findings, education of uh, the, the public. So it's quite broad, it's quite diverse. And I think it's very uh, important people know where to find us. So maybe we could, we could share the, the, the web page of the project. Newbrainnutrition, in one word, dot com.
1: Yes, we have a lot of wonderful blogs there, over 180 blogs, and we're going to be uh, producing uh, more videos as these studies complete. Alejandro, can you tell us about the clinical trials that are being conducted for Eat to Be Nice? Yeah, uh, uh,
2: we, so the idea behind the clinical trial is to try to find a causal relationship between two, between two things. In our case specifically, we want to find if there is a causal relationship between specific nutritional interventions Mm -hmm. and uh, specific behaviors, impulsivity, aggression, etc. So we have paired uh, with two very important clinical trials. One is called the PREDIMED trial, which is the trial responsible for the Mediterranean diet. They were the guys who actually discovered the, the protective effect of the Mediterranean diet in cardiovascular disease. So we paired with them because we want to investigate if this diet has a positive effect or a protective effect in cognitive and behavioral outcomes. So we're working with them and the study is, is currently ongoing. And uh, we're very excited because the results will be available very soon. The second ongoing trial is a trial that investigates the effect of two diets in the symptomatology of ADHD. It is called the TRACE study. It's a Dutch study. And in this study, we're investigating if the World Health Organization healthy diet and what is called a restriction elimination diet exert a protective effect on ADHD, meaning that if people shift to this type of diets, will their ADHD symptoms decrease. Mm -hmm. The results are coming in very soon. Um, we're very positive about the clinical trial, but I cannot say more. Unfortunately, everything is confidential and under embargo. You you understand. Yes. But what I can say is that keep your keep keep your uh, interest peaked because the findings are going to come out very soon. Now, with the need to be nice, we also created two new trials. One is called Probia, and uh, it's a trial that is held uh, in three different countries: in Spain, in Germany, and in Hungary. And we're investigating the effects of specific probiotic combination, also in the amelioration of maladaptive behavior. And finally, uh, we have the FANTASTIC study, uh, which actually investigates the effect of specific nutritional supplementation based on nutrients, uh, vitamins, minerals, also with the aim to see if this supplementation to the normal diet uh, has an effect on reducing uh, behavioral problems. These two, the, the last two uh, clinical trials will be ready later next year, hopefully.
1: Great! This is very exciting, and I'm very happy to report to everybody. Stay tuned to Go to Health because each month the New Brain Nutrition Project is going to be bringing more videos with their results, so that we can learn more about how what we eat and how our lifestyle affects. Uh, our mental health. Alejandro, can you tell us more about the, the, the biology, in, 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 and I guess in lay language, but more about the biology of the this gut-brain connection that you're discussing?
2: Let, let's put it in, in clear terms. So, basically, our, our brain and our gut, they're in constant communication, you know? Think about it in this way. If you are exposed, if you're confronted with a very stressful situation, something that is very frightening, you feel that in your gut. But mm. the opposite is also true. If you, for example, eat something that is not good and it causes you nausea, where do you feel the nausea? In your head. Mm. So it's just a very simple example to, to, to characterize this bidirectional communication between our gut and our brain. And it's very fast and it's very strong. It's like a super high way of communication, right? And uh, this communication is uh, characterized by three, let's say, ways. There are three ways the brain and the gut communicate. One is via what I call the hardware, which is via the nerves, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, what The most important, basically, is the vagus nerve. It's a very thick nerve that goes from the gut through the spinal, to the spine, to all the way to the brain. But you also have Uh, hormonal communication via the endocrine system. So hormones that are produced uh, in the gut travel through through the blood to the brain. And then the regulation or the production of of some of these hormones is done by the brain and they affect the gut. And finally, you have the immune system. The immune system is trained and educated since birth by our our gut bacteria. And of course, our, our brain also regulates the function of the immune system. So it's very important to, to remember that th- th- this these three these three modes of communication, because the gut bacteria mm, affects the three other the three of them. Mm-hmm. So changes at the gut bacteria level have impact on both the hormonal and immune system, but also can modify the signals that are transmitted to and from the brain and the gut. Mm-hmm. So so the gut bacteria is quite an important mediator in this communication between the gut and the brain. And the important thing about it is that we can modify the the structure of the gut bacteria. That is is probably the the, the most single relevant thing about this bacteria is that you can change it. Hmm. You can change it via diet, via changes in lifestyle, via um, via, uh, having a pet at home, via, for Mm. example, changing your home from the city to, you know, a more rural area. So there are different ways to change it. So it's very important because it makes the approaches towards modifying, you know, disease status uh, a little bit more feasible. Mm. Not only only by the use of uh, pharmacological interventions or drugs, But also opens the avenue to investigate if by the use of specific dietary interventions, we can improve the quality of life of people. Now, I'm not saying that we can cure diseases by diet. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that it offers the opportunity that by the use of dietary interventions, modify the gut bacteria and then exert specific effects on the way our immune system works, the way our endocrine system works, the way how signals are transmitted between the brain and the gut. So it's a very interesting new avenue that we're exploring via this project. And uh, we're confident that we can find positive results in terms of uh, microbiota uh, and nutrition, improving quality of life of people with uh, behavioral issues.
1: Right. And so one of the ways this study is happening is I know pe- people are going through these different clinical trials, but then their their poop is being analyzed to see how the bacteria has changed. Is that right?
2: So that, that's, a, that's an important point. So the way we, we actually collect this, the information about the bacteria is via the stool, via the poop. Yeah. So... The way we do it is that we send uh, uh, we send a special special tube, special kit where, where the participants can collect their their, their stool. And uh, the kit is designed in a way that, that you don't have to put it in the freezer, you don't have to put it in the fridge, you don't have to do any of those things. You seal that in a, in a special tube, you put it in a special envelope, you don't have to look at it, you don't have to smell it, you don't have to do any of the nasty <laughs> stuff. You just put that in a special envelope, you go to your post uh, box, you know, right. uh, and then we get it here at the, in the lab. No, no, no fuss. No problem. Got it. And then uh, that poop, basically what happens is that the bacteria is extracted uh, from the poop. And then the DNA from that bacteria is extracted. So we actually don't wow. look at the person's DNA or the human's DNA. We only look at the bacteria DNA.
1: Huh. It's pretty interesting. interesting. Yes. Fascinating, and yeah, and these really are organisms that are living inside our body and can change. Exactly, quite amazing.
2: Now, through the process that we apply, we can estimate, uh, we can approximate an amount, how much of of this bacteria you have inside you, but also we can approximate uh, what type of bacteria you have inside you. So it's, it's very, it's a very good and robust way of determining. Uh, what and how much do you have inside you? Mm-hmm. And it works very well. It's really low burden, and uh, it's, it's pretty safe, and it's very accurate.
1: And and I know in the trials we're studying people of different ages. Like in some one of the studies we're studying kids, and and then another one teenagers, and then adults. Can you say a little bit more yeah, about that?
2: That, that? That's correct. So in the preliminary trial, we're studying um, uh, uh, let's say uh, a more you know, elderly, uh, elderly people or, or older adults uh, mm-hmm. above 55 and, and older. Uh, in the TRACE study, we're studying kids. So these are uh, young children between the ages of um, 11 to 14, I believe, 11 to 15.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: then the other two trials are investigating, probably is investigating uh, adolescents and, uh, and, and, and young adults. And Fantastic is, is, is also investigating adolescents. We have a, a, a more or less wide age range because, of course, you, as you can imagine, the, the diversity and the quantity of bacteria inside you changes with age. Mm-hmm. It also changes with, with your lifestyle, of course, but age is one of the biggest determinants of this variation. So it's mm-hmm. important if we want to determine that there is a, an effect of this bacteria in our behavior, we need to account for the fact that the profile of the bacteria inside you changes with age.
1: Fascinating, fascinating, and and all this is going to uh, be done in the next year or so. So we're going to have uh, results and lots of papers written, correct?
2: So so yeah, we we as your listeners, of course, we also suffered quite tremendously from COVID. Our project basically stopped. Grinding. Yes, nothing could be done. Labs were closed. Uh, everybody was at home. So that caused a huge delay. We were hoping to have already the, the big big batch of results right now, but that, that needs to wait uh, for another few months while, mm-hmm. while we can try to catch up. I I hope our, your listeners can follow us in, in our website, um, can read the blog, see how we're progressing. And by the end of this year, early next year, we should have uh, a quite you know important batch of results from our different studies Um, and hopefully we can keep doing this a little bit longer given that we had to stop due to COVID perhaps we can get some extension and and do it a little bit longer but it's important that people uh, look at go to the website look at it Uh, we're open to questions we're open to talk to 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 the to the public so so these lines of communication are very important for us
1: So I want to thank you very much for coming on the show today, Alejandro. We've been talking with Alejandro Arias-Vasquez, Ph.D. He's an associate professor in psychiatry at the Radboud University Medical College in Nijmegen, the Netherlands. The website you can learn more about is at newbrainnutrition.com newbrainnutrition.com. It's one word. And there are lots of blogs there. There are videos you can watch. And there's such a tremendous amount to learn about how What we eat and our lifestyle affects our mental health. Stay tuned for the next segments on this show because we have two of our scientists from the project coming on to talk about the research they're doing. And so we'll be talking more about this in this show. And once a month for the next 10 or 11 months, we'll be getting updates from the scientists as well. Alejandro, thanks so much for being with us today. It's been great to have you and we'll look forward to hearing your results.
2: Dear John, thank you very much for the invite. And uh, thanks to all your, your
4: listeners. Thank you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
5: Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern on voice America variety.
6: Have you checked out teen wealth radio?
7: and find your frequency live fridays at 12 noon pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america variety channel tune in every
8: friday to get your weekend kickoff early join the legendary g keith alexander for what's hot harlem america the flagship show of the new harlem america digital network has something for everyone from the latest in entertainment to empowerment health and wellness, and more. We'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: You are listening to Go to Health Radio. To reach Jonathan Marks or his guest expert on the live program, call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to Jonathan Marks at gotohealthmedia.com. Now, back to this week's show.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to Go to Health. Today we are with Silke Matura, PhD. She's a senior clinical scientist at Johann Wolfgang Goethe University Hospital in the clinic for psychiatry, psychosomatics, and psychotherapy at the University at Frankfurt, am Main, Frankfurt, Germany. Welcome, how are you today, Silke?
9: Thank you for having me.
1: Wonderful, it's good to have you. So tell us a little bit about your background before we get into the detail of the kind of research you're working on.
9: Mm-hmm. So I'm a psychologist by training. Um, I'm also a counselor. And for the past decade, I have mainly done research in the effects of lifestyle on brain health, also on mental health. I have been working also with with patients, with psychiatric patients, but right now I'm almost just doing research.
1: Great. Good. And so tell us a little bit more about uh, the research that you're doing with the Project New Brain Nutrition.
9: Yes. Uh, Within uh, New Brain Nutrition, we are looking on the effect of lifestyle factors like diet and also physical activity on uh, physical and also mental uh, well-being. So what we want to know specifically, we want to see in how far diet can change impulsivity. Uh, we want to see how stress is related to certain dietary behaviors, and we want to see in how far um, diet can also have an effect on cognition. So this mm-hmm. is what we do within the project.
1: Great. And how are you collecting this data? What's your, what are your methods?
9: Um, For diet, we have invented a a special app. It's called the Appetite Mobile app. Mm. And with this app, uh, we we can capture dietary behavior uh, in everyday life. So whenever our participants, uh, when they eat something or when they drink something, they are asked to insert this into the app. Um, So we have a very specific record on, on the dietary intake.
8: Mm-hmm. Uh,
9: with regards to physical activity, we use so-called accelerometers. Um, some of you might know them. Uh, it's just like a, uh, like a watch, like a mm-hmm. sensor, mm-hmm. Um, and it captures the physical activity.
1: Got it. So, and, and how many patients are you doing this study with? How, how big is the study?
9: So we're planning on including 300 uh, patients all together. Right now, uh, we were able to include 200. Uh, we had some delay due to COVID-19. Sure. Uh, we couldn't see uh, participants for quite some while here at the hospital. Mm-hmm. But we're, kept, uh, yeah, we're actually doing fine. And I think we will reach a number of, let's say, 250 participants in the end.
1: Great. And when do you expect the research to end? When do you expect to publish findings?
9: Uh, We actually have already published um, a paper on our app, so we're Mm. doing well here. Uh, With regards to the findings, uh, we are planning on doing our analysis uh, at the end of this year and the beginning of next year, since we really want to have all the data present once we start analysis, Um, and then we would like to publish, uh, I think, until... Hopefully in May or June next year, we'll tor- have the first manuscripts ready. Of
1: 2022?
9: Of 2022,
1: Got yes. it, great. So what are you seeing so far? What have you learned so far?
9: Um, what we have learned with, with this project is that it's... Um, that it's quite hard to capture dietary behavior. Our participants, they're doing very, very fine. Um, We haven't seen great effects on impulsivity so far. Mm -hmm. Um, We have seen that there is, indeed, there is a relationship between stress and the way we eat. Mm. Um, But for impulsivity, we haven't found very big effects yet, but Mm -hmm. um, we're still collecting data, so this, this might change.
1: So tell me more about the data you have seen on stress and how it affects eating or what, 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 which comes first? Is it the eating and then the stress or the stress and then the eating? (laughs) Um,
9: It's, it's more the stress and then the eating. Uh Now we are trying to distinguish between um, persons who eat when they're stressed and persons who don't eat when they're, uh, when they're stressed. But Mm -hmm. so, so far um, since we're still collecting the data, um, it's I can't really say anything about our final results.
1: Yes. Yeah. And before we were talking about um, the influence that exercise has on the brain, can you tell us a little okay. bit about research you've done on that and what you've yeah. learned?
9: So we have done quite some research on the effects of um, of physical exercise on the brain. And we had a group of participants of uh, 60 cognitively healthy participants, um, and they, they trained or they did exercise for, um, three times a week over the course of three months. Mm. Uh, We put them on a bike, on a stationary bike, and there were uh, trainers with them who really had a close look if they really did the training right. Mm -hmm. And what we could see is that it actually had an effect on brain metabolism. So that means that um, the brain became a little bit more stable um less susceptible towards degenerative uh, processes mm. Mm. with this uh, so there are we could we could show that there are positive effects um, of exercise on the brain and this has been done also by some other researchers they haven't specifically looked at brain metabolism but what has been shown is that um, exercise regular exercise it has, very great effects on cognition mm. so what you can see is if people regularly exercise um, they are less prone to neurodegeneration they stay cognitively healthy longer mm. um, and they are happier actually it's really? just not it's not only cognition it's also yeah it's also has a great effect
1: on the mood oh really now is this true what age groups is this true for
9: this is actually true for everybody. Oh, so really?
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> so we have no excuse not to exercise. <laughs> no, you can always
9: start exercising. And what, what has been shown is that when you start in midlife, let's say you start with, in, with the age of 40, this will have a great effect for later on. Like if you start now, um, it will slow down uh, degenerative processes for when you're much older, like 64, 5, uh, 70, mm-hmm. it will have an effect on that. So it's, mm-hmm. it's never too late. And it also has, it always has a very good effect. And I think what's important to say is when I say, regularly exercise I mean what does that mean yeah it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to get on a treadmill or on a stationary bike uh, every day Um, we say that uh, if you do exercise at least three times a week for 30 minutes that's already sufficient and you don't have to go running or you don't really have to exhaust yourself Light exercises are enough. It's it's enough if you just go on a walk with a friend, mm. or if you if you bike somewhere. Here in Germany, we have like you can go biking everywhere. Yes. Um, swimming is very very good. Um, but also if you have a garden and if you if you work in the garden, this is also considered exercise.
1: Oh, wonderful. That's great. And that, now, that should really be very um, encouraging to everybody sitting out there, le- leading too sedentary of a life is to start getting out there and exercise. Now, when you say it has an, a beneficial effect on the brain and cognition, can you describe a little bit more in detail what it is you see or what happens in the brain when you exercise?
9: Yeah. So um, what happens when you exercise is that you, first of all, um, your brain gets more oxygen. So, that's the most important effect, that once, once you go and you exercise, there's more blood coming to your brain, and this gives your brain more oxygen, and that has a very positive effect for that time. Okay. Um, the more long-term effects are with regard to brain plasticity, and plasticity means um, that your brain is able to change. So the, the brain you have now, do, now doesn't have to stay the same, it can grow. And we have one region in the brain, it's called the hippocampus. Um, the hippocampus is very important for our memory, for recalling mm. events, for example. And this, in this region, um, your brain can still grow. And it happens when you, um, when you express brain-derived neurotrophic factor. So, this is something when you do exercise, this has a positive effect on your brain-derived neurotrophic factor levels, and this in turn contributes to plasticity. So, what you can see is that um, people who do a lot of exercise, um, that this can lead to to brain growth in the hippocampus,
1: Mm -hmm. and
9: this enhances cognition.
1: Great. And what is neurotropic? What, what is that term you use? Can you explain that?
9: The brain-derived neurotrophic factor?
1: Yeah.
9: Oh, yeah. It's, um, I would have to go very, very deep into molecular science, um, but it's, we, we have in, in our brain, we have certain uh, substances, um, and these make our synapses, our cells grow and Hmm. brain-derived neurotrophic factor, BDNF, is one of them. Um, There are also, there's also NGF, uh, nerve growth factor, um, Uh and they are very, these are very important for for plasticity for the brain.
1: Got it, so when you exercise, you are actually increasing the presence of this factor? Is that what's happening? Yeah. That's wonderful, great. How did you get into this kind of work? What interested you?
9: Yeah, that's, that, that's a very good question. Uh, for me, um, I was always very interested in how we can improve memory with non-pharmacological interventions ah. because, um, oh, then, you know, I, I started with, um, with autobiographical that was my my first real um, yeah research I did. And then um, I started to go into the neurodegenerative disorders, do my research there. So I focused on Alzheimer's disease, Alzheimer's dementia. Mm. And um, until now, there is no, real cure for that so once you suffer from uh, alzheimer's disease or alzheimer's dementia um, there's not really a way back or a way out and Mm. you can't really treat this very well um, with the yeah with the medications we have now Mm -hmm. Um, so i i started thinking okay there might be alternative ways to slow down neurodegeneration yes, um, other than pharmacological interventions. And this is how I got to the lifestyle factors, um, going deeper into what can we do, what can each of us do mm-hmm. um, to promote uh, brain health. And um, it shows that physical exercise is, is the strongest intervention you can do. It has the strongest effect, the biggest effects. Um, wow. Diet as well. Both uh-huh. of them are very potent in helping the brain to stay healthy.
1: Yeah. Now, we've, we've talked about exercise. What, we have just a couple more minutes. What can, can you say or what, the, what have we learned yet about diet? Are you studying that part at all?
9: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I talked about excesses with diet. Um, There has been growing evidence that the Mediterranean diet it has very positive effects, which means that it's vegetable based. Uh, There's a lot of fish in the diet, um, Mm -hmm. and as long as we try to avoid uh, saturated fatty acids, let's mm-hmm. say our French fries or the big burger, we try to eat less of that. That's always beneficial um, yes. also for the brain. Yes. Um, and the, I think the strongest effects have been shown for the omega-3 fatty acids these mm-hmm. are unsaturated acids and they are fatty acids they are present in uh, in fish in cold water fish mm-hmm. um, and these actually also help the plastici- plasticity again oh. so
1: oh, great
6: yeah
1: good good now you mentioned before um about alzheimer's is is do we know do we have any evidence that exercise and good nutrition can stave off or prevent Alf- alzheimer's do we know that
9: Um, Yes, there has been some research showing that um, exercise, physical exercise, it can prevent the onset or it can delay the onset of Alzheimer's disease.
1: Got it. So Alzheimer's, do we know, is it mostly genetic?
9: Um, There is a genetic component to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But it's also, yeah, it, it has to do with the lifestyle as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, there has been some research showing that, that Alzheimer's, it, it can't prevent it 100%. Right. But the chances that you develop Alzheimer's are less or smaller if you stay on a healthy diet and you, yeah, you do your physical exercise regularly. Um, and also the onset is delayed, yeah.
1: Great. Okay, so we're almost at the end of the segment. I want you to repeat for me, for those people who forget... Um, what do we have to do in terms of exercise? How much exercise? What kind of exercise? Say it one more time.
9: Okay. So just to wrap it up. Yes. Um So the World Health Organization, they recommend 150 minutes of light to moderate exercise a week. Okay. Okay. And this can mean that you'd go for a walk, you go on your bike, or you go swimming, or you do your garden work. Mm-hmm. That's what the World um, health organization, um, what they say. Well, we have seen that also just 90 minutes of exercise three times a week, 30 minutes each also has a very positive effect. So it, you don't have to start with 150 minutes because this might be too big of a goal. Um, it's enough to start with 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, as long as you get up and do the exercise.
1: Good. Great. Thank you so much, Silke. So we've been talking with Dr. Silke Matura. She's a senior clinical scientist at Johann Wolfgang Goethe University Hospital in their clinic for psychiatry, psychosomatics, and psychotherapy. In Frankfurt am um, Main, Germany. She's been working with our project, New Brain Nutrition. It's also called Eat to Be Nice, but the website is newbrainnutrition.com, where you can learn so much more. I want to thank you, Silke, for joining us today to talk about how physical exercise can have such a great effect on mental health and general well being. Thanks for being with us, Silke.
4: Thank you.
5: Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern on voice America variety.
6: Have you checked out teen wealth radio?
7: decide that you have something to say and find your frequency live fridays at 12 noon pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america variety channel
8: tune in every friday to get your weekend kickoff early join the legendary g keith alexander for what's hot harlem america the flagship show of the new harlem america digital network has something for everyone from the latest in entertainment to empowerment health and wellness and more we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints voices and ideas what's hot harlem america with g keith alexander can be heard every friday at 1 p.m in new york and 10 a.m pacific time on the voice america variety channel
0: You are listening to go to health radio to reach Jonathan Marks or his guest expert on the live program. Call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jonathan Marks at gotohealthmedia.com. Now back to this week's show.
1: Hey, this is Jonathan Marks again. Welcome back to the show. I'm sure that you have a table full or cabinet full of bottles of vitamins and supplements in your kitchen somewhere, and you take them probably religiously, but we wanted to share with you a little bit more about why you take them, why vitamins and supplements are important for the body. And we have with us today, Dr. Alexander Hege. He's a child and adolescent psychiatrist at the Central Institute of Mental Health in Mannheim, Germany. He's also the head of research and he's conducting a clinical trial for a project called Eat To Be Nice. And it's, um, we have this, all this information on our website at New Brain Nutrition. We'll have a link on our page when we're, um, when you come to see this video, but it's newbrainnutrition.com is where you wanted to go. And so Alex, welcome to the show and give us an overview for what the fantastic study is. You're studying supplementation, broadband supplementation in children, correct?
3: Right, correct. Thank you very much for having me here, Jonathan. And uh, it's a pleasure to be here and uh, to have the possibility to talk about that study we are currently performing. And let me maybe start by saying that um, nutrients, like vitamins and minerals, um, they do play an important role for our body, but especially also for our brain, mm-hmm. because they are essential. That means we are not able to produce them by ourselves, but we need to get them through food, yeah? or maybe food supplements also. Yeah? And there are many processes in, in, the, in the brain that depend on it. Maybe I can give just one example. Please. If you, for example, if you feel happy or if you feel sad, if you get angry, if you are afraid of something, if you try to concentrate, all the different mental states and actions ongoing in the brain, they do depend on what we call neurotransmitters. You know, hmm. And and those transmitters need to be built um, through many, many steps. And for many of those steps, we need factors and cofactors such as vitamins and minerals. That means without that, the the whole brain would not be able to function. And that is why many people think it might be or believe it might be helpful to add those vitamins and minerals also to treat mental health problems or psychiatric symptoms.
1: Yeah, I think most people take vitamins and supplements for their, quote unquote, their body. Uh, and they don't really think about the role of vitamins and supplements in the brain. And you just explained that beautifully. So it, so the reason, part of the reason we take vitamins and minerals is for good brain functioning. Tell us a little bit about this study that you're doing.
3: Yeah, we are currently performing a study, um, which is called the Fantastic Study. And we want to uh, find out whether food supplements, a certain food supplements with with, uh, a number of different vitamins and minerals helps adolescents with high levels of irritability, Mm. to reduce irritability. That are adolescents that easily get um, get angry, get get angry very often, uh, get annoyed by others easily, uh, lose temper, and so on. So really suffering from that problem. Mm -hmm. And the main focus of our trial is to find out whether a food supplement is helpful to reduce that significantly. Right.
1: I, I'm sure this is very important because I know a lot of people have concerns about having their children on drugs. And so everybody's always looking, is there a more natural way to treat my child rather than just only pharmaceuticals? So this is an important study for that reason, isn't it?
3: Yeah, that's that's true. But uh, we do not only include adolescents that... For example, need a treatment and do not want to take medication, but also those that are on medication uh-huh. but haven't improved enough, and and try to to um, try something like add on to the to the ongoing treatment.
1: Right, right. So I'm sure that people listening to this are going to immediately say, "What are these vitamins? What are these supplements? Where can I go out and buy them?" <laughs> What answer do we have for that? <laughs> yeah, I mean the the truth
3: is that many many people do consume food supplement and mm-hmm. and and buy those. There are, we know that that people, for example, in the U.S. spend more than ten billion dollars a wow. year for food supplement, and um, and of course they they believe or want to believe that it helps. But the the truth is that that the evidence is not strong enough that we can clearly say it is effective and it is helping. Mm -hmm. If you look at clinical guidelines, for example, um, they do not, for example, for ADHD, they, they do not recommend to take them, not because they know it is not working, but because the evidence is not sufficient to say we can clearly say this has an effect. So we, at the moment, we still need more research and good clinical trials and studies to find out, is there a clear effect and how strong is it and for whom is it helpful to use those food supplements?
1: Got it. So, you know, the whole world is becoming so much more aware with COVID of the process that pharmaceuticals go through to get approved, the clinical trial process, and so let's take a couple of minutes to talk about the clinical trial that the fantastic, and that's fantastic, but with a V instead of an F. <laughs> yeah. um, let's talk a little bit about the trial design and, you know, what, you know, how, how many people are you recruiting their ages and what you, what people are doing within the trial so that we can see whether vitamins really do have a measurable effect.
3: Yeah. 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 Um, We are uh, currently in the process of recruiting yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, and we are looking for adolescents at the age between 11 and 18 years um, which as I said have a a strong problem with irritability Mm -hmm. Um, and the the study is what we call double-blinded and placebo-controlled and this is very important because if you for example perform a study like Um, you have have a group of people suffering from symptoms, you start an intervention and you later on have a look at on whether the symptoms change. You will almost always see an effect Mm -hmm. um, because there's something what we call a placebo effect. If people have an expectation this might help and are optimistic, um, a group of people will... Will show changes based on that effect. So, if you really want to know if something is really working and has an effect by itself, you need to, or you should ideally perform a study that is placebo controlled. So, in other study, a, a group, some of the adolescents will get the food supplement. But some will get a placebo, a pill that looks exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But those adolescents do not know what they what they got. And the right. investigator, investigator didn't know either, don't know either. Yeah, so I see. So that's blinded. why it's
1: called double-blinded, right? Yeah. So right. the investigators don't know and the patient doesn't know what they're getting. And some are getting a placebo, and some are getting the actual vitamin supplement.
3: Right. And right. You can, and
1: and you, you compare the results
3: right right so we don't know will it be effective or not but we will wait until the last patient is out close the database and then have a look at the data and compare the two groups those on placebo and those on food supplement and then if there's a significant difference between those two groups Yes. we we might be able to say, yes, the food supplement really is effective. Yeah.
1: Got it. Now, I remember uh, we had a meeting. So everybody, I am part of the Eat to Be Nice and New Brain Nutrition Project. I'm responsible for getting the word out to the public. But I w- attended one of our meetings in Lisbon. And I remember we had about maybe 100 scientists there all working on the project. And you gave us small packets of pills to take over a series of days, and then you wanted to know, did we feel different? Uh, right? And right. can you tell us what was, that was just a little demonstration study, but can you tell us, was that the real thing or was that just a placebo?
3: Yeah, we told everyone it, it could be the food supplement or it could be a placebo uh let us know if you 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 feel a change yes but uh to tell the truth we lied to everyone because it was all <laughs> placebo yes. um but but uh, nevertheless, we, we, we found many many people who who got the feeling that 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 something changed. Yes, yeah? I, I definitely scientists. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. We're also yeah all scientists, and I definitely felt the change. But you're saying that's a, a just a beautiful demonstration of a placebo effect. Yeah, yeah, which is
3: really strong and amazing, yeah. If I can maybe give one other example, I, I was very impressed about when I heard that uh, people that ha- have a, a rush all over the skin were treated with a cream, a placebo cream, so no oh. effect on, on just one part of the skin, and the rush disappeared. Yeah, oh. this This can oh. be... A placebo effect. So this wow. is amazing. What, what can happen? Yeah.
1: Wow. So yeah. what is the design of this of the fantastic study? How many how many adult, young adults do you have in the study, and, and how are you going to be testing whether these vitamins and supplements can be effective?
3: Yeah, we um, we do visits with the adolescents okay. uh, regularly, and we talk to the adolescents uh, themselves, and also to the to the uh, parents. And we have different scales and instruments to measure those symptoms, not only irritability, but a a large number of secondary outcomes as well, like Mm -hmm. sleep, like aggression, like concentration, hyperactivity. We want to know, apart from irritability, does it have other effects as well? Mm -hmm. And um, we plan to include at least 180 adolescents yeah. In, in, and as I said, a part of them will, will receive placebo, a part of them, the food supplement. But after 10 weeks, everyone will get the food supplement to also have yeah, a fair possibility for everyone to, to, uh, to, to get the product as
1: well. Got it. So, it's, so you do the 10 weeks, which is the double-blinded trial... And then right. then, you, then everybody gets the supplementation to see what changes. And how long does that go for?
3: That's for another 10 weeks. So okay. 10 weeks placebo-controlled and blinded, and then followed by another 10 weeks, what we call open label. So for, it's for everyone then.
1: Got it. And from our research in the past, what kinds of effects can vitamins and minerals and supplementations have on the brain?
3: yeah there are a few really good clinical trials that were also placebo controlled and and, and double blinded mm-hmm. uh, with uh, focusing on patients with adhd so with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder right? Um, and they showed well, they showed inconsistent results. Yeah, so there's still a, a big question mark. Some, some data showed it might be effective, mm-hmm. but uh, in, in some instruments and assessments, there was no difference compared to the placebo group. So it's not a hundred percent clear, does it really help or not? Yeah, right. we. I, my, my, um, my point is that we, we would need more clinical data to to, um, to can draw to, to draw conclusions. Yeah.
1: Right. So I want to be. Uh, we're almost at the end of our interview here. Our time, but I want to impress on people the importance of clinical trials um, and this this rigorous process that we go through to prove whether things work or not. And we've been speaking with Dr. Alexander Heg. He's a child and adolescent psychiatrist at the Central Institute of Mental Health. He's the head of research in Mannheim, Germany. And again, his trial that he's running is called the Vantastic. It's fantastic with a V. And you can follow this and a lot of other information on the trial and also the whole project's um, website called New Brain Nutrition. The name of the project officially is Eat to Be Nice, but the name of the website is newbrainnutrition.com, and I recommend that you go to a section called For Everyone, and under that you'll see blogs, and we have close to 200 blogs, which are just amazing pieces of writing, uh, all about the connections between your lifestyle and your nutrition and your mental health. Dr. Haga, thank you so much for being with us today. It's great to see you.
3: Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks.
1: Take care.
0: Thank you for tuning in this week to, Go to Health Radio. Be sure to join Jonathan Marks and another health expert next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You can also catch the program on your favorite podcast platform. Until our next show, be sure to visit us on the web. At go tohealthmedia.com and elevate your life.